Is this working? Is this actually working? Of course, as, <coughs> as soon as I go live, every problem in the world has to happen all at once. Because of course. Because of course. Um, but we're here. We're live. We're doing it. I think it's all working now. If not, I at least have a backup recording to post later. What's up, y'all? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> we're finally back. Uh, no guest tonight. Um, he had a uh, last-minute schedule change on me this last week. And um, so we're going to reschedule that for two weeks or three weeks from now. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk to him later on. And then next week I have a guest. The week after that I have a guest. Hopefully this guest that was supposed to be here tonight with me will be here that third week, if not the fourth week. Um, but tonight we're going to talk about a little bit of Nashville politics. <laughs> my, uh, We're going to read my latest blog and we're going to talk about local politics here in Nashville tonight. And uh, my thoughts on gerrymandering <laughs> and uh, transplants running for power. Um, not only just here in Nashville, but just the concept in general. Yeah, you never wear hats. I know I'm wearing my hat tonight, though, which is the Nashville Sounds hat. I figured I'd wear the Nashville Sounds hat while we talk about uh, Nashville politics, right? And of course, right when we go to, right when I go to hit hit play, right, I uh, take a drink and start choking and coughing. <laughs> so of course, right away, like right as I'm about to like start, you know, I start coughing and choking on my water. Again, every problem in the world just happened to me like the last hour on my computer, that is. Let's get into it. Let's read my blog. Got to actually pull it up first. Unprepared. Wrote this blog because this guy, Robbie Starbuck, is um, running for our congressman here in Nashville. Not state house. <laughs> not, our, not city council. Not state representative. This guy is running for to be our representative the nashville fifth my district my the district i live in he wants to represent me in congress and we're gonna read my blog i wrote about that my feelings about it my little feel feels about it you know we're gonna get into my feel feels here tonight and i'm gonna share some opinions and some thoughts some topics and some thoughts involving some uh redistricting <laughs> some gerrymandering <laughs> Some uh, Williamson County versus Davidson County rivalries and shenanigans and stuff. Um, let me pull my actual blog up because, again, unprepared Sean, apparently. SeanAtTheCorey.blogspot.com for all my blogs. This one I posted last night. Wrote it on Saturday. Um, wrote in this. Don't write in Robbie because you're seeing around uh, Nashville, especially as close to Williamson County as possible, in the southern area of uh, Davidson County, you are seeing a lot of signs that um, for this guy named Robbie Starbuck, a California transplant who's only been here for two years, <laughs> who is now running again to be not our state representative, but our national congressional representative for Tennessee 5th. And so you're seeing a lot of signs. He's been endorsed by Rand Paul. I mean, you might love that. You might hate that. You might nothing that. Uh, I think Donald Trump has been, like, supportive of him in the past, sympathetic towards him. 
The big controversy is the Republicans. I don't know all the details about it, but the Republicans basically uh, took them off the ballot for the primary, which is coming up. So you're seeing these signs around Nashville that say write in Robbie, right? Because you have to write in. You have to. He's a write-in candidate for the Republican primary. Um, which means, of course, he probably he won't win. <laughs> he won't win anyways. And which means he'll probably also just try to write in his name, um, if possible, to be our congressional candidate, which might actually cost the Republicans the race, potentially, right? That whole third-party candidate kind of um, game theory strategy of a third-party candidate. But here we are. I'll just get, let's get into the blog. We can talk after. I'll read this word for word. This is my blog I posted um, called Don't Write in Robbie. <laughs> Don't write in Robbie. There is a male who calls himself Robbie Starbuck. Again, that's not his real name. Might be his middle name. I've seen things online say that might actually really be his real middle name. But his name is Robbie Newsome. Robbie Newsome. Calls himself Robbie Starbuck. And he is currently seeking the congressional seat for Tennessee's 5th District, the general Nashville area. He is a foreigner and a Californian and not a Christian. He was a liberal and a Democrat just seven years ago. Um, he moved to Williamson. He moved to Williamson County two years ago, which is, if you don't know, one of the safest and wealthiest counties in the entire nation. And he is now trying to acquire power over the Nashville city dwellers of Davidson County. So again, he lives in Williamson County, the rich, safe, affluent county. But he's trying to be the representative for Davidson County, which is like the city of Nashville. You know, and so he has no skin in the game there. <laughs> His children don't go to their schools, Davidson County that is. He doesn't pay taxes in the county. He has no idea what the actual politics and problems are facing the people who live in the city of Nashville. His justification for seeking power is just that, quote, I'm in Nashville pretty much every day. <laughs> Again, his his actual quote quote unquote response to why he believes he deserves to be our representative, the representative of Davidson County currently, and we'll get into why like the redistricting that's happening and all the changes that are happening in a, in a little bit. But as of right now, he's running for a seat that is Davidson County, living in Williamson County. His justification for doing so is that, quote, I'm in Nashville pretty much every day, <laughs> you know, but so are hundreds of thousands of other people, you know, many who are far more qualified than he is, who have lived here for decades and who are people that actually just hold the same values and the same morality as the local population. The, uh, you know, the real story here, the real, the real thing happening here is that uh, our current congressman, Jim Cooper, who's been our congressman for about 20 years, was a massive failure. He kept getting reelected, and now it's finally to the point where he has no chance of being reelected. He, even his own party has started considering him toxic. He's pretty sure behind the scenes he was pushed out to make room for this woman named Heidi Campbell. Um, Jim Cooper announced that he would not seek reelection due to the recently proposed uh, restructuring of voting districts, which again we'll get into here in a little bit. So Heidi Campbell is now the Democratic nominee by default, and she is walking into the mess that Jim Cooper is leaving behind for her. Um, 
And this election will um, almost certainly go to the Republican nominee that she faces. Um, it might not. It might be the last year of this districting that um, Heidi Campbell can uh, get, some, get a squeak out a victory in. But um, the tide is definitely shifting more on the Republican end here um, going into this election. And this woman, Heidi Campbell, is walking into that mess. <laughs> She's walking into a race with the odds stacked against her, you know, for the most part. He, um, so, yeah, so this election will almost certainly go to the Republican nominee she faces, which would lock that winner in for many years to come, especially following the redistricting, especially, especially if the redistricting proposal goes through. I'm pretty sure it has. I think it's being challenged in court. Everything I found is from January or February, which says it's pretty much finalized and a done deal. And I can't find anything updated about whether it's been finalized or not or when it takes effect. Um, but again, the real story here is that this Robbie Starbuck guy smells blood in the water. Smells blood in the water. He recognizes that there is at the moment a fairly easy path up to a throne that he does not deserve. And if now is not the time for him, then it probably won't be for a long time to come, right? Whoever the Republican that wins this, which again is probably going to happen, Whoever that is, whoever wins this Republican primary um, on August 5th will probably be the representative for a while. <laughs> so this is it. This is the year. Everyone's going for the throne right now, you know. Jim Cooper has exited, has abandoned the throne, and everyone is headhunting for it right now. And whoever gets it will probably keep it for some time. So like Robbie, here's the big reason I wrote this blog, right? I mean, there's a bunch of candidates. They all have ups and downs, I'm sure. I don't know too much about them specifically. But like Robbie, I myself moved here from California and over a year sooner than even he did. But unlike him, I am actually a conservative. <laughs> I am a Christian who answered a call from God to escape a truly satanic environment and open up a mission field here. Um, I actually had a calling. I wasn't just escaping the nonsense to seek uh, greener pastures, um, you know, better school districts, a cheaper standard of living. And when I did relocate, I publicly made a vow then and have carried through with it and will continue to carry through with it that I would not vote in local elections for eight plus years, for over eight years, or at least two election cycles. Because I am not from here and therefore do not deserve the ability to just move in and start changing things to fit my own wants or even my own needs, right? But this guy, obviously, refused to not even be that considerate. He is now trying to also legitimately take hold and grab onto power here. <laughs> not in California, in here. And, um, you know, only after buying up land and paying one year's worth of taxes. So he's been here for two years. He's paid one round of taxes. Yes, he does own land, but he's not even being considered enough to not vote yet in these elections. He is legitimately trying to take over <laughs> a pretty high office in the local, I mean, pretty arguably the highest local office you can have. Um, I guess governor, our governor is Nashville, it's a Nashville local, I guess, but, um, 
for Nashville goes, I mean, this is our representative, right? At least as of right now. And he's trying to just walk in here after two years and become that guy. And you're not that guy, pal. <laughs> you're not that guy, you know. Sorry, you're not that guy, pal. And, you know, again, he doesn't even live in the county he's voting for. He, he moved to Williamson County. We'll get into that. People moving to Williamson County and then working in Davidson County or making their money off of Davidson County parasitically sucking out money from Davidson County. That's the city of Nashville's county while they live in Williamson County, enjoying the benefits of living there. And just overall, just to put it simply here, uh, this guy, this Robbie Starbuck guy, this guy sucks, okay? <laughs> That's why I wrote this blog. That's why we're talking about it tonight. This guy sucks. Um, he clearly doesn't care about actually helping this community or truly representing it. He cares about himself and acquiring power. He probably shouldn't have been forced off the primary ballot. I'm not exactly sure what the reason was. I think it was a filing issue, filing late or whatever. Um, and he probably should have been forced on the ballot. He probably should have just been added to the list of 10 names that's on the Republican primary ballot. But regardless of that legitimacy, he has no business being in the race to begin with. Like he shouldn't be there. He should be, he should be allowed on the ballot. But he shouldn't. He shouldn't be running in the first place, right? He should be considerate and not doing that, right? Reading the room. But he wants power, and this is the year to gain it. This is his chance, right? It's an easy path to an empty throne. And if you come at the king, you best not miss. If you live in Nashville, if anyone out there lives in Nashville and wants to fight back against the godlessness that is creeping in and planting roots, please do not write in Robbie. Again, not a Christian. There are a handful of solid Republican candidates for the Tennessee 5th District seat that are actually Christians, actually conservatives. You know, people who are like experienced, who are veterans, who have been mayors, who have been congressional state house representatives before, who've worked in politics before, who are actually like successful business owners in the area <laughs> they weren't coming from another state um, just two years ago and you know who are again just actually from here and actually have skin in the game their kids go to schools here their businesses are here they pay taxes here for a long time they own land here and have for a while you know they've firmly planted their roots here in the local middle tennessee nashville general area right and I ended my blog by just posting four of the names. Nothing really too specific about them. Stuart Parks seems to be the guy that is the best candidate overall. He's publicly vowed to donate his entire congressional paychecks to local churches, um, which is pretty dope. <laughs> That's pretty dope, right? He's literally not going to make a single dime off of being a congressman. Well, you know... If I know congressman, though, he'll find other creative ways to make money, right? Off the stock market or whatever. He'll find other creative ways to make money. It just um, won't be directly from the government paychecks he gets as a congressman, which, again, he's vowed to give to different churches, different congregations. Um, let me turn Discord off, sorry. By the way, I snuck back onto Discord, so join my Discord as it blows up. The other one is Winstead. You'll see signs about him. Kurt Winstead, he's a veteran. He's a Christian. He's a family man. He's a local. I don't really know much about his policy plans or whatever. But just the fact that he's publicly publicly willing to call himself a Christian 
Some of these Republicans don't do that. You can scour their pages and you won't find anything about their faith. Anything about their faith, you know. But um, these are just the guys that are very vocal and public about their faith. They are Christians. Not sure what specific denominations. But again, Stuart Parks, Kurt Winstead. He's also a veteran. Jeff Beerlein, B-E-I-E-R-L-E-I-N. Beerlein, Beerlein. He's also a veteran. He's also a Christian. And Tress Widom. <laughs> what, a, what a Tennessee name that is. Trace or Tress Widom. T-E-R-S-W-I-T-T-U-M. Again, he's a local. He's a Christian. More qualified than Robbie Starbuck. <laughs> Do not vote for Robbie Starbuck. And my computer's going really slow, guys. So sorry. That was one of the problems here. One of the big problems here. Um, trying to get the stream going is all of a sudden my computer started going uh, at a snail's pace. But um, yeah, see so yeah, again, just this Robbie Starbuck guy. I mean, I moved here and I'm like, you know what? I'm originally from Illinois, born and raised there. I moved to California for like nine years, um, and now I live in Nashville. I'm not just gonna move here and start voting. I'm not just gonna move here and start trying to like tell people what to do, right? I know best. <laughs> I'm a 30-year-old transplant from California, born and raised in Illinois. I'm going to move to Nashville and start telling people what to do, right? I'm going to start participating in the electoral process here. So I made a vow very publicly on this stream. I've said it again and again multiple times that for two presidential cycles, I moved in 2019. So I didn't vote in 2020. I will not be voting this year. I won't be voting next year for president. You know, I won't be voting for eight years, right? Two presidential cycles. And I feel like that's just fair. <laughs> and that should be the case for anyone. Like if you're moving, especially if you're moving away from California, Republican or Democrat, whatever you are, wherever you're moving, unless you're originally from there, like if you're born and raised in Texas, you move to California, you move back to Texas. Okay, I get it. We get it. You can, you can go vote. <laughs> I mean, anyone can. That's not the issue. You can't. I can vote. I can. I am registered to vote. I am registered to vote. I will not be voting, though. And people should have that, that amount of consideration, that type of consideration as well, if they are transplants from other states. They should move here. They should move where they're going and wait until their roots actually take hold, right? You know? So not only just voting, but like running for office. Hey, bro, pump the brakes on that, dude. <laughs> You're going to represent people. I mean, even like city council, dude, like pump the brakes, man. You don't know. You do not know enough about the school districts, about how the teaching styles here, what the curriculums are, what the what the local level politics are, what your neighborhood's like. Pump the brakes on that, man. Let alone like city council or mayor. Like, bro, come on. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down there. <laughs> You've been here for two years, dude. Calm down, you know. Get to know the city. Plant some roots. Make sure your roots are actually taking hold in this local soil now. Um, and then maybe consider voter voting in a couple more election cycles. But to just move here after two years and then just run for Congress. Like, run for, like, our congressional representative in the Nashville area. That's so crazy. That's so absurd. And the fact that, like, Rand Paul legitimately endorsed him for that is absurd. And makes me, like, really, 
I mean, I'm not the biggest, I'm not a Rand Paul fan to begin with, but that really makes me lose a lot of extra respect I potentially could have had for him. Um, <laughs> you know, you get me, you feel me, you follow me. Um, and you know, if this guy, this Robbie Starbuck guy wanted to run for president, go ahead, dude. Like president is a very like nationwide office. If you've been in America and moved around a bunch of places or you moved, you just recently moved and transplanted somewhere else, it shouldn't stop you from running for president. Like a president's a national office. Like you're not representing a local population that you don't belong in, that you haven't planted roots in, that you haven't truly invested in, that you don't actually understand yet. You know, if you're representing a specific place, like being a governor, being a congressional representative, being a state representative, like a state senator or a state congressman, being like a city council member or a school board me school board member. Those people represent specific populations and you need to be like, if not from that district, from that population that you're seeking to represent, you gotta be there for a while. You gotta own land there, you gotta spend time there, you gotta know the problems, the people, you know. You gotta have your roots firmly planted. I'm gonna keep using that allegory over and over again, I'm sorry, but it's a, the perfect one, right? If you're a transplant, you're, a, you're a, a fruit tree, you're an apple tree and you were grown in a state, your whole life and someone uproots you digs you out and transfers you puts you in a pot you know wrap some cloth around you <laughs> this is my job now so i'm like used to this you know wrapping you in burlap putting you in a pot transferring you to another state taking you out cutting the burlap off digging a hole planting the tree watering it you know you're a transplanted tree it's gonna take a while for those roots to, to fully get a grasp in that ground you know it's going to take a while for those roots to firmly take hold into that ground and for that tree to thrive successfully in that new soil, right? Longer than two years. <laughs> Robbie Starbuck, you know? But, like, president is, like, a unique office where, like, that doesn't really apply. You're representing the people of the whole country, the whole nation. If you bounce around different places, different states, different cities, it doesn't matter. If anything, that would be better. That would probably be better... Like on your resume for running for president, you could be like, hey, I know more of the country than just someone who's lived and worked and done everything in one single place specifically. You know, if you're more of a traveler type, you're more of a transplant that's been bouncing around, that actually might be better for like a presidential candidate. But for like a Congress, <laughs> to be a congressman of like the fifth district of Tennessee, Maybe have a business that you started in that area. Maybe have actually like lived there for a while, planted your roots firmly and successfully in that area for a while. Maybe you should know the people and know the problems they face, you know? Not just moving here after two years and just trying to like take a easy open throne, you know? So yeah, I'm also, I mean, I, I've said it so many times too, I'm always gonna run for president when I'm eligible. Um, Age-wise, I'm eligible in 2028. That's the first election that I can run for president. I'm just always going to run for president. Write me in. Sean Corey, write me in for president. 2028, 2032, 2036, you know, 2040. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's run this thing. <laughs> president, baby, what's up? President Corey, what's going on? My vice president will probably be a dog. Probably be like a big, fluffy, like golden retriever dog. Uh, vice president because that because I bounced around because I am from Illinois I did move to California like and now I live in Nashville 
there's no way that I deserve to like actually truly go to either of those states and run for like a local office. I shouldn't just be able to move back to central Illinois and start running for mayor of the city, you know? It's like, hey, man, where have you been for the last 12 years? Not here. <laughs> not knowing us, not, not investing in this community, not making your money here, spending your money here, not truly knowing and understanding what the problems we face are that weren't happening 12 years ago. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just don't think I should be able to do that. I don't think anyone should really be able to do that. I don't think I can go, should go, be able to go back to San Diego and run for office, you know? And then now that I'm in Nashville, I'm going to be here for a long time, maybe not in the city, but in the middle Tennessee area, probably, hopefully for the rest of my life, you know? Still, like I probably shouldn't be running for office for a while, for a long time. I made the vow to not vote <laughs> for eight years. I probably won't run for office if I ever do for like 15, 20 years, you know? Those roots need to be firmly planted before you are truly willing and capable and able to like actually represent the people of your district, of your area, of your city, of your community well. So that's my little rant about that. If Robbie ran for president, I'd actually probably vote for him. Like if the ballot, like if he was a third party candidate for president and it was like Donald Trump and Joe Biden and then Robbie Starbuck as like, an like a cool third party candidate, I might vote for him. Like, I'm sure I actually probably agree with him on a lot of stuff. He seems to be like one of those like rhino kind of types, maybe a little more on the libertarian end, you know, like a fiscal conservative, pretty social Democrat. You know, I tried to look up his stances on some hot button issues and couldn't find him. Red flag there. <laughs> seems like he might be a little scared to just talk about his opinion on like Roe v. Wade, for instance. Or um, he seems pretty good about like the Second Amendment, but so is anyone that's going to put an R next to their name, right? But there's some issues like Roe v. Wade, gay marriage. Like there's some stuff that's like, hey, man, if you're a Republican, we'd like to really know where you stand on this, especially if you're going to be our congressional representative. <laughs> the people of this area would like to know what you think about the stuff that they care about, you know? The positions they hold, the morality they have. You know, people would like to know that you like at least think and act the way they do in this area. So, um, yeah, but I'm sure I actually would agree with him on on more things. If you like made a made a list of important things and you check in boxes, I actually probably would probably check more boxes with Robbie Starbuck than I would with like Donald Trump at this point, or I would with like Joe Biden at this point. You know. <laughs> So that's kind of the funny thing. It's like, hey, man, if he's going to like run for president, like I actually might vote for you, bro. But my congressman, our congressman in Nashville, like get out of here, dude. <laughs> you are not representing us, dude. Live here for much longer. Pay taxes here. Actually start businesses here. Actually be a member of this community. Not just, what did he say? Quote, unquote, I'm pretty much in the city <laughs> every day. Like that somehow gives you like the authority or like the justification to like be our congressional representative because you just are like here. <laughs> You're just here. Like that's that's your qualification. You're here. It's like, okay, dude, so are like 800,000 other people. Like we're also just here. <laughs> I live in Davidson County. I work in Davidson County. I'm in Davidson County all day, every day for the most part. Um, I'm just here. Does that qualify me to be like the co congressional representative of this district? No, bro. <laughs> no, dude. Come on. 
And he did put like America first in his uh, sign. He's definitely not America first. He's definitely not AF. You know, like the Nick Fuentes type people, Groypers out there, my AF bros. He's not America first, America first. You know what I mean? He's hijacking that like little catchphrase and trying to put it in a sign real sneaky to potentially maybe get some of those based votes out there, you know. Robbie Starbuck is not based. <laughs> Robbie Starbuck is not a Christian. He's not based. He's not America first. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Prove me wrong, though. Hey, Robbie, if you're listening, prove me wrong. If you're a based America first Christian, prove me wrong. But I'm pretty confident at this point you are not. You are not one. So don't put America first in your little campaign signs, your little write-in ballot signs. But, um, yeah, again, he's just a transplanted tree that's not yet taken root. He's newly planted, you know. He should not be seeking power. He shouldn't even be voting for the people seeking power, you know. He's not sprouted here originally, not grown here. This isn't the soil his, his tree was planted in and grown up in, you know. He uh, hasn't lived here, hasn't experienced the wind here. He does not familiar with the pollen in the air. <laughs> he doesn't know the, the moisture, the, the, <laughs> you know, the humidity. He's not used to the temperature yet. He doesn't understand and know and feel the environment yet, you know. He's not familiar with this place yet, at least yet. So the last thing you should be doing is trying to like take power and represent the community, represent these people. So that's kind of my rant about that. <laughs> that's kind of my rant about that. Um, <laughs> but it's just the epitome of stuff. I mean, I'm sure like I, if you're in Texas, you're probably getting this a lot too. Like people moving to Texas and not only voting, but probably also trying to like run for office there way before they should be. You know, if you've only been here for like five years, you just moved to like Austin, Texas. And now all of a sudden you're running for to be like city council member. Like, dude, skedaddle. <laughs> skedaddle bro keep walking wrong saloon partner keep walking get get <laughs> and that's just i mean it, it's it shouldn't be happening people should be called out when they do try to do stuff like this but it is inevitable like it's gonna happen it's parasites are seeking a new host right the rats are are fleeing the sinking ship right now and they're going to the next ship over. And uh, they're not going to stop being rats. <laughs> you know? Almost all of them. Like, I am a rare exception. I meet rare exceptions when I'm like, oh, I'm from California. And people are like, oh, I'm from California too. Oh, I'm originally from Illinois. Oh, I'm from Illinois. That's cool. You know? And they all live in Nashville now. Like, there's a lot of paras like, like non-parasitical people who are moving. You know? Plant tr trees that are being transplanted. Right? That are doing it for legit reasons. They're doing it because they are Christians. They're doing it because they are conservatives. And they no longer belong in Illinois. They no longer belong in California. The temperature, the environments out there are too extreme for us. And so they seek actual actual communities that are more aligned with their morality and more aligned with their values, right? But there's also parasites. There's also rats fleeing a sinking ship looking for a new ship to... Uh, feed off of <laughs> to mooch off of to tear down just like they did with the other states they're fleeing from the other sinking ships are fleeing from 
There's also people that are just seeking economic opportunities, right? Like their corporations are moving to Tennessee or Texas and they just follow by default. They don't really have a choice. They're like, ah, I kind of want to keep working for this company. I guess I'll follow them to Texas. I guess I follow, I'll follow them to Florida. I guess I'll follow them as they move to places like Nashville, right? And then there's like more individual people where they're just like, you know what? Business would be better for me in Nashville. <laughs> I could buy a big giant mansion and business would be good for me if I relocated to Nashville instead of New York, instead of Michigan, instead of Illinois, instead of Colorado, instead of California. You know, so there's like on that individual level, there's people seeking to move to these red states, these like actually sane, healthy, thriving red states with sane tax codes and a lot of opportunities, right? There's a reason why people are moving there. And on the individual level, in terms of like the economic reasons, it's that. It's I can buy a bigger, fancier house than I have right now for the same amount of money. You know, I could buy a crappy rundown house in a bad neighborhood in California or for that same amount of money, I could go live in a mansion in a, in a safe, wealthy neighborhood outside of Nashville. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. You know, there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't. But most people would think, oh, money signs, money signs, money signs. Like my life would be so much better and so much easier if I moved somewhere like Dallas, if I moved somewhere like Nashville, if I moved somewhere like Orlando. Right. So that's why you're seeing it. These parasites go into a healthy host to suck off of. You've seen a lot of that right now. And corporations too, which I guess is less, I don't know, is it more or less scummy that corp, giant corporations doing that? They move to Tennessee because we don't have state tax. We have a lot of opportunities. We're very centrally located in the country. Um, a lot of tourism, a lot of money in the city overall in general, a lot of money coming in and staying. Um, just a generally healthy economy with safe neighborhoods all around it, safe same um, counties and cities all around it. So a lot of these corporations move here to not pay state taxes and have great economic benefits, be centrally located in the country, and they just drag their employees with them. They drag their board of directors with them or whatever, their, all their, you know, whatever, you get it. Their managers, their employees, they bring them down to Nashville, whether those employees or managers or board of directors want to or not, you know? It's like uh, Daily Wire, you know, infamously just recently moved here. They're probably the most famous one. A bunch of other companies, like credit card companies are moving here. Um, car companies and stuff. Big giant corporations are moving here. I know a lot of like credit card and finance, like kind of the Wall Street-y type companies are moving here. Big banks um, because of the state tax. Um, Daily Wire just moved here and you know it's like these whole companies move here and so now all their employees move here too. Um, I think the Daily Wire maybe a couple of them did not move here. I think one of, I think Ben Shapiro moved to Florida. But they, the company moves here, they buy property here, they invest here, they move all their employees, their camera crews, you know, their their TV show hosts, their editors, their marketing team. And most of those people like probably actually wanted to stay in California or like probably if they were going to move, wanted to move somewhere else, but they just kind of like shrug their shoulders and go, you know what? My company's going to Nashville. I really like my company. So I guess I'm moving to Nashville. Um, so those are kind of like indirect parasitical people, indirect parasites that are coming to suck off a new host, you know? Um, so you have a bunch of that. Then you have like people like me. You have a lot of people I know that I've met here so far that are just genuinely like, God called me here. <laughs> 
Like, I don't know. I answered a call from God. And, like, I've just been figuring my things out ever since. Or, like, I just wanted to live somewhere where, like, Christians were. And, or, like, I moved to Nashville. A lot of people move to Nashville because they're chasing some kind of, like, you know, career in the industry. Like, they want to be musicians. Um, especially, like, worship singers. Like, I meet a lot of, like, Christian Christian musicians who move to Nashville because not only is it, like, an industry, a place with a place where you can find jobs and a career in like acting and singing and performing, but it's also like Christian because <laughs> you can move to New York would probably be smarter. You can move to LA and probably be smarter if you want to like be a, a famous, some kind of like entertainment industry person, right? If you want to work in those fields, if you want to like perform in those fields, be an actor, be a singer, you know, be a podcaster or like a TV personality or whatever, if you want to like work for them, be a camera crew person, be a audio mixer, be a producer, be a marketer, whatever part of that business or industry you're getting into in the entertainment field. Um, Nashville's probably not top two or top three. I mean, even Chicago is probably a better op- opportunity for, option and has more opportunities for people. The difference is Nashville is one where like Christians can go. <laughs> like if you're a Christian, you're like, I sing and I like to try to make it in the singing industry, I want to perform and I want to potentially put my music that I make out there. Um, But I'm also like a Christian that doesn't want to go live in like satanic LA and like godless New York City. Uh, It just makes perfect sense why you'd move to Nashville, right? Yeah, so there's my little rant. There's my little spiel about all that. Um, What's up? What's going on? I got people on VK tonight. What's going on? Russian VK. (laughs) My KGB handler over on VK spying on me. What's going on? Of course, of course, not two, not zero viewers, not two viewers, but my one Twitch stream viewer is always logged in and watching. What's going on, homie? I'm streaming on Facebook for the first time. People seem to be bouncing in and out. Looks like I have two people there now. Um, what's up, Facebook? <laughs> what's going on? That's weird. I tried to re-sign up for Twitter. Kept I'm, For some reason, I'm like super ultra banned on Twitter. And every little trick in the book I try to like sneak my way back in, they foil my plots. They foil my schemes. They find me. They delete me. So I couldn't sneak my way back onto Twitter. So by default, my uh, next streaming option is Facebook. So what's up, Facebook? First night there. Um... Yeah, and send me with Discord. Discord banned me and censored me. Not stopping. I'm going to make another one. (laughs) So I'm back on Discord as well. Um, But let's get up. Let's get into this. um, Because we're going to talk about gerrymandering and some national politics that just happened. Stanislav Schultz on VK. Give me emojis. How's it going, brother? 07's in the chat. Stanislav, welcome, brother. Welcome, comrade. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I'm talking about Nashville, Tennessee. It might not be too uh, on your radar (laughs) if you're from Ukraine or Russia or somewhere over there. But welcome and 07's in the chat to Stanislav. Demon Hunter's in the chat saying, what's up? What's going on, brother? How are you? Hope all is well. Happy Monday. Let's get into this. We're going to talk about gerrymandering. My thoughts on gerrymandering and redistricting, because that is a problem we are facing here in um, Nashville. 
That's all the hype. That's all the news. That's all the buzz. Can I, what's, what's going on? Make it work. Yeah, there we go. You can see that, right? So we're going to read this article. We're going to read one. We're going to read both sides. We're going to read like the liberal side of this. You know, their headline, a master class in election rigging. How Republicans dismembered a Democratic stronghold. And then we're going to read this Breitbart. Because <laughs> that's the only one I could find that wasn't so biased in a, you know, anti-Republican, anti-whatever-just-happened um, redistricting, gerrymandering slant or bias was Breitbart, which I don't really like or trust, you know. But we're going to read it. We're going to read both. We're going to compare and contrast. I'm going to give my thoughts. We might watch this other video I thought. Who was it? It was one of those like liberal places, but it actually made like a really good video, pretty unbiased take on gerrymandering. And um, there's one other video I was going to look up, and I forgot what it was. This, oh yeah, the CGP Gray one. And we're going to talk about it. Because pretty much what just happened, we'll, read, we'll just read it. We'll just read it. I'll, I'll leave my words out of it and read it. Give you the facts. So again, this is the Guardian. This is like the Democratic complaints about what just happened in Tennessee. And you can see that, right? Yeah. Can you see that? Yep. So a master class in election rigging. How Republicans dismembered a Democratic stronghold. Uh, by Andrew Witherspoon and Sam Levine in New York. Early life history check on at least one of those, right? Republican lawmakers in Tennessee gave final approval on Monday to an aggressive plan to split Nashville, a Democratic bastion in a deeply Republican state, into several congressional district, districts as part of an effort to tilt the state's congressional map in their favor. The plan is now waiting for approval from Governor Bill Lee, who is likely to sign it. Nashville currently sits in the state's 5th Congressional District, represented by Jim, Co Jim Cooper, a Democrat who has held the seat for nearly 20 years. A dinosaur who's been here for nearly 20 years now. It's a solid Democratic district. Joe Biden carried it by nearly 24 points in 2020. But on Tuesday, Cooper announced he was retiring from Congress. Despite my strength at the polls, what, I mean, <laughs> what a bold claim there, Coops. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got ran out. So uh, what a bold statement there, you know, despite my strength at the polls. Yeah, I'm pretty sure your own party just ran you out and put this girl named Heidi Campbell up in, in your place. But all right, bro. <laughs> Despite my quote-unquote strength at the polls, I could not stop the General Assembly from dismembering Nashville. No one tried harder to keep our city whole, he said in a statement. I explored every possible way, including lawsuits, to stop the gerrymandering and to win one of the three new congressional districts that now divide Nashville. There's no way, at least for me in this election cycle, but there may be a path for other worthy candidates. The new districts crack the concentration 
of Democratic voters in Nashville and cram them into three districts that stretch across the state and are filled with, with, with reliable Republican voters. Donald Trump would have easily carried all three of the proposed districts in 2020. The plan is one of the clearest and most brazen efforts to dismantle a Democratic district to benefit Republicans. So you can see his map, right? A little interactive map. That's why I wanted to play this article because this actually has a pretty cool breakdown, pretty cool map of like what's going on. So obviously this blue dot is Nashville. If you can't really see it on the screen or if you're only listening on the podcast, this is Nashville right here. And this is Tennessee. <laughs> Republican every single other place except for a little tiny dot here in Franklin a little tiny dot here in Columbia, and some dots up here in Clarksville, which is also uh, Fort Campbell, military base. So you have people that aren't from here that vote, right? So you have people that are like Democrats from other states that are stationed in the area, right? Or who continue living there because they work and continue to live in that area because they work for, or have worked for the army in the past, right? So um, yeah. So as you scroll, this is the kind of cool part. So here's, you know, here's, here it is. This is, so you can see here the change that happens. This is Tennessee's 5th Congressional District as of now, currently represented by a Democrat. Again, that's Jim Cooper. My, uh, or Joe Biden won the district by 24 points in 2020, which, and we'll get into my thoughts, right? But I mean... Yeah, Joe Biden won this district, but like these other two counties, <laughs> do you see that? Dixon County and Cheatham County are like so red, it's insane. And their representative is just by default, whoever is the Democratic candidate, right? And yeah, so Joe Biden wins this district by 24 points, <coughs> supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, maybe, but isn't that just insane? Doesn't that just go to show you that maybe this district should be broken up? Maybe there should be some changes happening in this area. If all of these people over here in these two counties are totally and completely unrepresented for 20 plus years. Like you said, their, their representative in Congress was Jim Cooper just for the last 20 years. And even if 100% of them voted red, 100% in two entire counties then no matter what, it doesn't matter because by default their candidate is just going to be Jim Cooper <laughs> or whoever the Democrats put up. Does that, does that seem fair? I want to get into that. You know, as they cry, as they cry and complain about how unfair this redistricting is, just I'll, just remember this in your mind right here. Is this fair? You know, is any of it ever going to be fair? Is this current way fair? No. Is the way they that they cracked up and broke up the districts? Probably also know. <laughs> is it better? Is it worse? Well, maybe, maybe not. But, um, you know, they don't care about people who cry and complain about this reality. They only cry and complain about the new reality where they're not going to have power anymore, right? So as we scroll, so here's the new districts. Here's how they, how they broke things down now. The uh, new proposed districts. Again, I'm not sure when or if these districts have uh, fully taken hold, at least not this election cycle because it's not how people are voting as of yet. Um, 
says the Republicans have created new maps that split Democratic voters into three heavily GOP districts where they're in the minority. So, you know, this is fine. This is fine when all of these Republicans are in the minority and they have no say in what, what's going on. You know, when they just by default have someone that totally doesn't care about them or have their same moralities or share their same values or vote how they want to be voted. Totally unrepresentative of these all these people out here. That's fair. That's fine, right? But now that Democrats are going to be split up into districts that totally don't represent them, now it's, you know, now they're in the minority and it's so bad and it's so evil and it's so mean, right? <laughs> now that the Democrats aren't going to have 20 straight years of dominating <laughs> their political opponents, um, now it's a problem. Now it's unfair, right? So this is the proposed 5th Congressional District now, which Donald Trump would have carried by 12 points. So yeah, this would be my district going forward. I'm like down here in this area, like the southern tip area of the blue. Um, so I'll stay in the 5th. <laughs> I'm staying in the fighting 5th. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. And this is the 6th district, which Trump would have carried by 30 points, right? <laughs> because obviously. And this is the 7th district, which Trump would have carried by 15 points. These new lines would dismantle a Democratic district, helping Republicans preserve their majority in the state. Right? Under the old districts, there was a significant concentration of voters of color in Nashville. Yeah, it's always race, right? But in the new districts, split those communities up, placing them in districts that are overwhelmingly white, making it more difficult for the voices to be heard, blah, 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 cry, 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 sympathy, <laughs> give me sympathy, give me sympathy, I'm the victim, I'm the victim. Um, it's just raw politics, Cooper said. They're trying to fix something that isn't broken. Republican leaders in the state legislature have defended the plan by saying it would be good to have multiple people represent Nashville in Congress. Um, so yeah, here's where they cry and complain, right? Odessa Kelly, a progressive Nashville activist who has already launched a campaign for the seat Cooper holds, said the Republican-drawn proposal made her livid. To have someone just disregard your humanity, disregard democracy, and just stomp on everything that this country is supposed to stand for just because they have a personal interest to have a power grab is one of the most racist and egregious acts I've ever experienced, she said. This is the type of thing you should sound the alarm about. But not for the last 20 years, right? Not for the last 20 years when all those Republicans are just totally unrepresented and uncared about. That's not a disregard for democracy. That's not disregarding their humanity, right? Their humanity doesn't matter because they're not on your team. They're not on your side, right? The alarm shouldn't have been sounded for the last 20 years when this Democrat was just by default in power presiding over all these Republicans in two entire counties. No, that's not something to sound the alarm about, right? Now we got to sound the alarm because we lost. Let me trans. Let me retranslate that for you. <laughs> so yeah, they're just you know they're crying racism. They'll probably cry sexism. They're you know they'll cry. They'll do whatever they can to emotionally manipulate you into thinking this is the end of the world. It's so horrible, and these Republicans are evil, and gerrymandering is so bad. It's a threat to democracy, and blah blah blah. Right? It's just so horrible. 
It's horrible. We gotta put an end to this. <laughs> yeah. So let's read. This is a Breitbart article. Which is like just more by default. It should be more biased in the opposite direction, but I think it's just more centrist. The Republican-controlled Tennessee House of Representatives re released a proposed map of the state's nine congressional districts on Wednesday that divides the Democrat-majority city of Nashville into three congressional districts. The 5th Congressional District, which has been represented by Jim Cooper since 2003, currently is composed of the city of Nashville, um, the largest part of Davidson County, and the rest of Davidson County, all of Dixon County, and all or parts of Cheatham County. Pretty sure it's all of Cheatham County. A little more than 90% of the current population of the district resides in Davidson County. So that other 10% just has no shot, no say in anything that happens in this district, <laughs> right? Two entire counties, yeah, they're only 10% of the population, but they have zero representation in, you know, in Congress, at least in whatever other things are voted for in their district. The proposed map introduced by Republicans at Wednesday's hearings of the Tennessee House Select Committee on Redistricting, Redistricting splits Davidson County into three congressional districts. Only a third of Davidson County is included in the proposed 5th Congressional District. Um, blah, blah, blah. The partisan makeup of the proposed new 5th Congressional District is dramatically different than the current 5th Congressional District. In the 2020 election, Joe Biden won the 5th Congressional District by a margin of 23%. In contrast, votes cast in the precincts that comprise the new proposed 5th Congressional District went for Donald Trump over Joe Biden by a margin of 11%, which, by the way, is more in line with the state itself, <laughs> which is like 20% pro-Donald Trump in the last election. 20% for Donald Trump. So they're crying and complaining because they now no longer have like a stronghold that they can just guarantee is theirs. <laughs> now they're just complaining because they've they've made the districts just more even throughout the state, which is bad because the whole state is red. So oh, it's so evil. These red people are making this making the state more fair and balanced for everyone, and it it's starting to actually mirror the whole state instead of just giving us this little pocket of power that we can just hold for ourselves forever <laughs> and not represent like at least ten percent of the population. You know. Um, I'm not going to read all of this. You can read all of this. We're, we're going way too long with all of this. We're going to get into it. So that's kind of what happened. That's kind of what's going down. Um, you know, it's just the same concept of the Electoral College. Like, it's a way, these districting and the gerrymandering is a way to put checks and balances on power. Obviously, something needed to happen with the 5th District that was just, again, all blue always and lumping in a bunch of people who are not blue into that district and not really giving them a fair shot at being represented. So now you have three districts that are like going to fight over um, actual power. Fight at like actually representing people. And it's probably not fair. It probably actually isn't fair. But let's watch this. I didn't think we had an ad. Can you hear this? Probably good you can't hear it, the ad. All right, now you can hear it, right? 
Gerrymandering is the root of everything wrong in American politics. True or false? If you ask both Republicans and Democrats, many will say true. I mean, there's a reason the Supreme Court is taking up multiple cases challenging it, right? But what if the problem isn't gerrymandering itself? It's how it's done. This is the Earmuff District. It looks like earmuffs. That's Nick Stephanopoulos. He's a law professor at the University of Chicago. He loves the earmuff district, so much he even put it on his wedding cake. To him, these weird squiggly lines represent something positive. The reason the district is shaped that way is because it's trying to capture two different pockets of Latino voters in Chicago, but it's also trying to respect a black population in between those Latino pockets that's part of a different black majority district. It makes the point that not all funnily shaped districts are bad, Drawing districts to protect the minority vote is the kind of gerrymandering that was envisioned in the Voting Rights Act of 1965. The Supreme Court has regularly upheld gerrymandered maps, especially when they provide representation for black voters. It's thrown out maps doing the opposite, like in North Carolina. A bizarre district shape is a good clue that something was going on other than just a desire to draw pretty districts. But you don't know what that something is until you dig a little deeper. That something can sometimes be nefarious, you know, partisan gain or protecting all the incumbents. But other times it can be a totally innocent purpose, like minority representation, partisan fairness, or reflecting the communities that people live in. Many states require districts to recognize communities of interest. In other words, people who share a culture or ethnicity or even economic interests. So if gerrymandering can be used for good, why do people say they hate it? Simple. It can easily be abused. Experts say some Republican legislatures, like in North Carolina and Virginia, manipulated this type of redistricting in their favor. And it's not just about race. Q. Wisconsin, specifically Gill v. Whitford, one of two partisan gerrymandering cases the Supreme Court has taken up. Our friend Nick, the guy who loved gerrymandering so much he put it on a cake, he's one of the lawyers trying to throw out the Wisconsin map. Republicans skewed their maps so much that in 2012, they won 47% of the vote, but 62% of the seats in the state house. Wait, what? Cue the efficiency gap. It helps show how skewed a map is in favor of one party over another. This is how it works. Imagine a small state of 50 people, with 20 people from party A and 30 people from party B. Party A wants to skew the map in its favor. It packs a bunch of party B's voters into a few districts, while spreading out or cracking party A's voters across others, giving them the edge unfairly. The wasted votes would include any person stuck in a district where their vote was designed to not matter. Funny enough, this type of partisan gerrymandering is actually bipartisan. There's a second case at the Supreme Court, Benesic v. Lamon, which is about Democrats doing the same thing in Maryland. But the efficiency gap only gives us a way to measure partisanship. And that's about it. There's no line telling us where the maps go too far, and conservatives on the bench seem uncomfortable with drawing that line. So how do we decide how partisan is too partisan? That's what the Supreme Court needs to decide, and that decision could have widespread impacts on the upcoming midterm elections and beyond. So much better than litigation, I think, is just not involving the politicians in the line drawing in the first place. They have no business drawing the lines for districts that they're going to then run in themselves. You know, it's a classic conflict of interest. States like California and Washington already do a bit of what Nick just said. They let nonpartisan commissions draw their maps. 
In Colorado, it lets the leaders of each party choose appointments, who then hash out the maps together. That's great, but as long as demographics change and our voting system is based on maps, the United States will never perfect its election system, but we can always try to make it better. That might mean squiggly districts that look like earmuffs, but that's okay. In the end, it's not about what the districts look like, it's about who's in them. Yeah, so there's that. I just thought that was pretty fair, right? Surprisingly from the Washington Post. Pretty fair and balanced breakdown, right? But I want to bring this up. And we'll talk about this. Just um, make here some maps, too. So this was the one I saw that was like basically someone being like, here's kind of like a non-biased breakdown of like how the district should be. Here's how they are, or here's how they were. Obviously every 10 years they do a census and after the census, things change. And in Tennessee, <laughs> the last 10 years, things have drastically changed, right? Um, and so there had to be some redistricting. And again, it's pretty ridiculous, this fifth, you can see this, right? This fifth here, my, do I have my pointer, do I have my line? this right here it's pretty ridiculous how this is one district the fifth right when only like part of its blue yeah sorry my computer's going really slow when only like this is blue <laughs> you know it's like and it's it's kind of the same thing in illinois like where chicago is just blue and then every, the whole rest of the state is just red with maybe a couple little blue dots here or there or whatever. But so by default, like Illinois is just blue, even though like most of the state is red. So all of this, so this, well, yeah. The fifth here is blue. And for the last 20 years, this has just been blue. The ninth over here in Memphis is just blue. You know, cities, liberals, minority groups, academics, colleges, blah, blah, blah. It makes it just blue, like a blue stronghold. All right. Now, the rest of the state's just red. Everyone's red. Like, yeah, you're going to have like, uh, like maybe Jackson's blue. They said what Columbia was blue. Knoxville, the city over here is blue. Cookville's kind of like purplish. Chattanooga, we'll say Chattanooga's blue. And the rest of the state is just red. <laughs> so yeah, like everything's like fine and dandy when the when the you know when they can pretty much make sure that they have at least two counties that go their way all the time every time. Maybe that's fair, right? But you're still going to end up with pockets in here that are just totally not blue that have no chance. They're just totally being represented by people that don't represent them, right? Truly. So this is kind of a more fair proposed map. So this would leave those two red counties out and actually put them into the seventh, which would make them red. So you'd still have your little blue things here, right? You still have your little blue counties that would just always be, you'd have 20 more years of Jim Cooper or whatever. <laughs> good, good luck with that. And I'm almost like, okay, good. You deserve it at that point if you're just going to keep voting for that guy. And the rest would be red. 
I could I could see that. That seems fair. Fair map proposal seems fair. I'm okay with that. You know? But this is what we're getting. <laughs> Apparently this is what we're getting. And that means no one's going to be blue. <laughs> no one's going to be blue. But... I don't know. Is it? I heard a good argument that someone made. I'm not gonna be able to like bring up the article, especially with how slow my computer is going. But one of the people in politics in Nashville was kind of making a good point of like, should the representative just be Nashville? Should this be the case? Is this a fair representative like of the state? You're a Tennessee state representative. Like you're representing the people of Tennessee, and yeah, this is your district if they drew it that way this is your district but like is it fair for the state and should the city of nashville wield this much power should the city of memphis and the city of nashville get two out of the nine representatives of the entire state you know and if you're a democrat yeah of course we need to keep it that way <laughs> because we want the power we don't want to give up our power so this idea, I mean, obviously the Republicans are doing this to sway political power in their favor, which is fair. I mean, the state's Republican and Republicans are in power. Like, cry about it. Deal about it. Deal with it, you know. But that's kind of a, a decent argument, a pretty good point of, like, should Nashville just by default get its own representative or should Nashville be a part of the rest of the state? Should Nashville be broken into and kind of thrown into this other state should nashville be a part of the seventh district and a part of the fifth and a part of the sixth you know it's kind of a decent point or should nashville just be an island floating in the middle of tennessee where it's just whoever nashville wants to represent they just get you know special boy privileges on their own entire congressional district and same with memphis do they just get their own congressional district I don't know. That's a good debate. I think both sides have, have good good and bad points about it, right? But apparently this is what's happening, so cry about it. <laughs> cry about it. If this map was flipped and these people were all blue and this little dot was red and this whole thing was happening, you wouldn't hear all these liberal magazines crying about it. They'd be, they'd be talking about how great it was. Finally, some change. Finally, things are going to be a little more fair. Finally, <laughs> you know, but because the Democrats are losing power, you're going to hear Democrats complain about it, right? That's just natural. That's inevitable. That's what happens. And the Republicans are in power, so the Republicans are going to use their power to benefit themselves. It's the way it goes. That's politics, baby. In California, when they do this, you know, in Illinois, when they do this, in states that are really blue and they gerrymander it and rig it so that they can get as many blue seats as, po as possible and push out the, de the Republicans as much as possible. I'm sure the Republicans cry and complain about it too, but it's like too bad. You're not in power, man. You don't, you're not wielding the, pow the political power well enough into your own favor and you're going to lose. You're going to keep losing until you make some changes. So that's just the way it goes. I wanted to bring this up. The reason I had this up was because I wanted to talk a little about this, kind of going back to the gerrymandering stuff and the Robbie Starbuck thing. This is just an interesting problem that I've heard a couple different people explain to me and I've now noticed since I live kind of in the area um, about counties. So we'll do this. So if you're not familiar with Nashville, <laughs> like I said earlier, Williamson County is this area right here. 
This is Williamson County right here. If you're listening, sorry, this is going to be a nightmare for you. You're going to want to watch at least this part of it. So we have this map. I kind of outlined all the different counties. You have Sumner County up here, Robertson County, Cheatham County over here, Montgomery, Dixon, Hickman, Murray, Murray, Murray County, Wilson, Rutherford, Williamson, and Davidson. So Nashville is here. It's in Davidson County right here. Oh, you're not going to see that gold really on the screen, are you? Let's make it green. This is Davidson County right here. Um, so if you're not too familiar with the area, this is where all the money is. <laughs> Let's talk about where the money is in uh, Nashville. I'm going to make a little box here. A little green box of pretty much where like the money is. At least for like the last while. At least for like the last 50 years. Can you see that? I have to zoom in again. Let's zoom in again. So in this green box is pretty much the money. This is where the athletes live, the musicians, the music industry people, bankers, lawyers, doctors, you know, fame, like celebrities move here and they want to buy land and they want to live in Williamson County and they want to live here in like Southwest Davidson County, right? This is where the school districts are good. Crime's really low. Everything's clean and well manicured and well policed. Williamson County is just this really well-run county with like I think it's like the best school districts in the country, right? So this is where all the money is, and this is where everyone wants to live. When you hear rich people say, "I just moved to Nashville," what they really mean is they moved to this green box right here. <laughs> what they really mean is they live in Williamson County. And yeah, they might come and drive to, to the city and work every day. They might go in this direction into Davidson County to work and make their money. But where they live is Williamson County. Where they live is in this green box, pretty much. And so what's been happening the last 20 years is now everyone for the last 20 years who's rich has lived here or wants to live here. And so the value's going up. The price is going up, right? So people who aren't like super wealthy or who aren't coming here and aren't super wealthy bringing all their California money with them, they're being pushed out and they're being spread out. So people are coming out here, out towards Fairview. They're coming down here to Spring Hill. Spring Hill used to be a really like rural, cool, cheap place to live. Now it's like unaffordable because all this money is moving south down here, south of Franklin to Spring Hill. It's moving out here to Arrington and out here to College Grove and to Kirkland on like like in between Franklin and Murfreesboro. A lot of money's moving out here. And this is what I'm getting into. The solvent is going to make sense. It's moving out here to Nolansville. And Nolansville used to be like a real small town, like a literally like a little Amish town. Like the city itself is like a little Amish little district. It's all farms, cow farms out in the area. But the last 20 years, it's pretty much turning into a suburb and it's starting to become unaffordable because all these rich people are, you know, either moving out here or rich people who are like upper middle class who maybe can't afford to buy land or live in this green box area, in the Franklin area, the Brentwood area, the Forest Hills area, the Bellmead area, what have you, this centralized area of Williamson County. A lot of them are moving out here. It's like middle class, upper middle class are moving to the Nolansville area. 
And this tiny little former farming town is starting to really turn into like pretty much just a uh, suburb. You know, this area right here is turning into a suburb of Nashville right now. So why are we talking about this? Well, because, and I live up here, I live in, not in the, I live just outside the rich people area. I call it Brantioch, because Brentwood's rich, rich, and Antioch over here is broke, and I live like right here, it's called Brantioch, it's like neither rich nor broke. <laughs> it's not the ghetto, and it's not the country club, it's right in the middle, and it's called Brantioch. Uh, I live right about here, right? So, we'll make this one red. I'll make this box red. So here is Nolansville Pike. They call them pikes. There's Franklin Pike, there's Edmondson Pike. All these pikes are pretty much like streets that aren't highways that go from the city of Nashville down to Nolansville. This is Nolansville Pike, right? <laughs> you have this street, it goes, you know, from Nashville to Franklin. It's called Franklin Pike, right? So they're not highways. I think they turn into like state highways, whatever those are called. Highways, freeways, they're not freeways, like the 65 is an interstate highway, the 24 is an interstate highway. These are just pretty much like two lane or four lane streets that are pretty busy, that just run right through, that don't stop, that can take you from like the city outside of the city. They're called pikes, they're usually named after the city that they lead to, like Nolansville Pike, which is what we're going to talk about here. Because this is an extremely busy street because it's pretty much the one street that goes from Nolansville <laughs> up to the city. And if you live in Nolansville, if you're one of those people I was talking about that are like upper middle class, middle class that have moved to Nolansville, you pretty much can't get to the city, which is where pretty much everyone works up here. You can't go to and from work without taking Nolansville Pike. It doesn't really make sense to come over to this freeway, the 65, and it doesn't really make sense to come over to this freeway, the 24. And even if you did, these are also still really busy freeways, you know, in the morning that go to the city. And then after, you know, the five o'clock traffic that goes back away from the city to your suburbs or to your like small town homes, right? So why are we talking about this? Get on with it, right? This is Nolansville Pike, and this is just this interesting political thing that's happening right now because, again, this is really busy, and for the most part, it's a four-lane street, so it's even still has traffic jams. It's even still crazy busy, but right here, right about where I live in this little area, it turns into a two-lane highway going to Nolansville because, again, 20 years ago, this was like nothing. This was like farm town. This was led to nowhere, right? but this is quickly becoming this really developed, really um, populated area. So the infrastructure, which is a big problem all around Nashville, is having a hard time keeping up with this traffic, right? Now here's the politics of this, is this needs to turn into a four lane street as desperately and as fast as possible. Because this area right here is just a nightmare. Every morning and every night, because it's a tiny little two-lane street that now has four lanes worth of traffic. I mean, even four lanes is almost to the point where it's not enough. But what you have are two lanes, and it's a nightmare. It's full of traffic jams. But no one is doing anything about it. Why? Why is no one doing anything about it? Because this is in Davidson County. 
because this is in Davidson County. And Davidson County is not about to spend a lot of money and resources making this lane wider so that people who don't live in Davidson County are in traffic jams, right? <laughs> it kind of makes sense, but it's also a problem. So you have this whole area that's suffering. I mean, people like I live here, I suffer from it a little bit. But these people down here are not really that rich. I mean, it's working class people. It's a big minority community down here. This is kind of like the Hispanic area of Nashville right here. So you have like minority groups and lower middle class people kind of in this area that have to suffer through all this traffic. But you have all these middle class people, upper middle class people who again, have recently moved to Nolansville and are developing it, moving into this area, who are really suffering. You know, going to work every morning, going up this way to work every morning and then coming back home from work. And it's causing a lot of problems, but no one is gonna fix this problem because this area that needs to again turn into a four lane street is not going to turn into a four lane street because Davidson County is not gonna do it. And because Davidson County is not gonna do it, Williamson County is not gonna do it down here. So right now you have this big problem of all this traffic in this area and this really quickly developing area with a lot of people moving into it, a lot of money moving into it, being injected into this area, and now a lot of traffic that no one's doing anything about. And I just thought it was funny and interesting because it makes sense, but it's also kind of messed up. It's like Davidson County is not going to spend money and time and resources, you know, fixing the traffic problem for white people, <laughs> for rich people. But also just people that live, I mean, really the people that are suffering are the people that live here in this other county, that pay their taxes in this other county. It makes sense that Davidson's not just going to like fix their problem for them. But it does also, that whole problem does result in, that lack of solving that problem does result in problems for people who actually live in Davidson County as well. But I just thought it was funny because I compare and contrast it to over here is Franklin Pike right here. So the same thing. So Franklin used to be a small town. Nolensville is basically Franklin, but 50 years in reverse. Franklin has already turned into a big giant city. Lots of money, lots of infrastructure. They've done a really good job keeping up with the infrastructure. Four lane streets everywhere, even when they don't even really need it yet, but you can tell they're going to need it. So they're just on top of it because it's entirely in Williamson County. So Williamson County has been really good about matching the pace of all the growth that's been happening. They've been on top of it. They've been doing a good job. Same with Brentwood up here. So you have Franklin Pike, which used to just be a two-lane road. Again, it was like a small road where not a lot of traffic really went up and down it. And it's the same thing. People leave from Franklin. They go up this road to Nashville every day for work. They come back on it. You know. But Williamson County, you know, up here, it's a four-lane street anyways. So they don't have to do anything about it. So Davidson doesn't have to do anything about it. Everything's good. Traffic's not that bad. Down here, though, it was only a two-lane street. So it has been a lot of traffic problems for the last 10 years. But since it's entirely in Williamson County, Williamson County has been spending the last five years totally doing this giant construction project to widen this road and make it accessible. And now it's almost finished becoming a four-lane pike, four-lane highway. But this little area right here is never going to be fixed and it's just gonna get worse. The traffic's only gonna get worse. 
it's going to stunt the growth of this area. You know, it's going to continue harming these people who just are like innocent, lower middle class type people. Lots of minority groups, again, um, just suffer through the traffic jams that come on this street and on this street, this cross section corner, which again is where I live. So I have to deal with a little bit of traffic every night. So I just want to bring that up because that's interesting. That's a problem that not many people know about unless you live here or you experience this. And the reason I wanted to bring this up too is a guy like Robbie Starbuck would have no idea <laughs> that this is even happening. Like things like this are, you don't know about these like, like legit problems. Therefore, you're never going to have a solution to these problems if you've only been here for two years. You know, I mean, this city is so big. It's changing so fast. All the areas around it are changing so fast. The demographics are changing. The socioeconomics are changing. Like the classes are changing, you know, so quickly, so rapidly. I mean, it's so often I talk to people who are like, you know, Spring Hill down here, for instance. Spring Hill, people are like, I, at this point, you can't afford to live there. <laughs> you cannot afford to live in Spring Hill at this point. When just 20 years ago, it was kind of like a place where people that lived in Franklin would kind of act like, oh, well, you could always go down to Spring Hill and buy land. You could always go out to Spring Hill. There's not much out there. That's still kind of a small town. And now it's just totally being developed, totally money being injected into the area to the point where it's now unaffordable, you know. And there's just so much little stuff you kind of learn. Like these county lines are a big deal because, again, Williamson County I think it's it's definitely top 10 richest county in the country. I think it's like a top five school district county in the country. I think it's like six. It might be, it's probably not top four richest in the country, but I think it's like sixth or seventh richest in the country. But I think their school district is well known for being like top three. Very low on crime, very well managed district. Taxes are high, but everyone's rich anyways, right? But with that comes a lot of like regulations. So there is like out here, you know, on the outskirts, like it's still for the most part land. I mean, cow farms, there's farms, cornfields, various types of crops being grown, small little homesteads. I mean, you get out here and it's like the country. It's the middle of nowhere. Um, we actually did some work for someone right here, which is kind of interesting why I wanted to talk about it. Because this really rich person that we do landscaping for, really good guy, really good family, wanted to buy a bunch of land um, and make a lake. He wanted to make a lake house. He wanted to buy a lake house, but instead he settled for buying land in a canyon and damming it up and making his own lake, which is pretty baller. <laughs> Not going to name drop, but it's pretty baller of him. And our company, the company I work for, has been doing the landscaping for it. And so we go out there. It's this pretty dope place. And so you go through Leaper's Fork, which is where a lot of celebrities and musicians live. It's a really famous, cool little small town. You get out here, it's like the country. You're like in the country. You see like Confederate flags, you know? You're seeing people like Amish. You're seeing Amish people every, every so often, Amish little farm stands. You're seeing like people riding tractors that like their grandpa's rode in the 50s and like legitimately using them. Like you're in the country. It's wealthy, but it's the country. And this guy I'm talking about built his land right here, strategically, in Murray County. <laughs> because what he wanted to do, all the building stuff he wanted to do, Williamson County would not let him happen, would not let him do it with all the zoning problems with it, right? So even though this guy's rich and he can just throw money at problems, 
he uh, strategically had to be as close to Franklin as possible. That's where he wanted to kind of be. As close to Leaper's Fork as possible. Cool little small town again where like musicians and celebrities and stuff are. So as close to Williamson County as possible, but not there so that he could actually get away with like not dealing with the headache of all the zoning problems and stuff that comes with Williamson County. Because Williamson County really is pandering to all the rich people in this box. And so these small town people, these small farmers and stuff, kind of get shafted you know, out here in the county. They get some of the benefits of living in Williamson County. They also get shafted when they want to like build a second barn on their property. Or you know they need a permit to grow something or blah, 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 blah. Because Williamson County can be so strict with their zoning and their regulations and their rules, right? So again, like I just wanted to bring all this up because there's all this subtle little stuff. There's all these little problems with streets being developed or not being developed. Where the money is, where the money's moving, where the money used to be. You know, this used to be a ghetto out here. <laughs> now it's not. Now it's quickly turning into like apartments all over the place and it's becoming really, really nice really quickly. This too used to be the ghetto. Now it's being gentrified and turning into like the cool area where like tiny little houses are going for like $700,000. You know, East Nashville, again, used to kind of be a ghetto. Now it's like the cool hipster place, the artistic place, overpriced coffee shops and stuff. So if you don't know this, if you haven't lived here for a while, you're not going to understand all the subtleties and all the problems that are happening here. So someone like Robbie Starbucks should not be moving here and after two years trying to represent like this entire area. Let me zoom out. Shouldn't be moving here and after two years trying to like represent all of these people <laughs> in this box when he doesn't know and understand these people. He doesn't share their values. He doesn't, he's not from here. He doesn't share their blood. He hasn't lived on this land. He hasn't paid taxes. He doesn't know about all the subtle little problems between counties, between street, you know, up and down streets. He doesn't understand this stuff, these actual problems that like a representative should know. Someone who's gonna represent this area and these people living here should know, right? So two years, again, Robbie Starbuck, it's not enough to just come in and rep start being the representative here. Sorry, bud. Not only should you not be voting yet, you should be waiting like 10 more years before you're gonna like try to come in and represent this district here while living here in Williamson County. You know, he lives here in Williamson County somewhere. I don't know where specifically. Even if I did, I'm not going to dox him. But he wants to represent all of these people here, you know. Just silly. Just silly. I just wanted to break that down for you. And then again, yeah, here's the map. So I guess, you know, if he does live in Williamson County down here. I don't know, Williamson County like here. I guess maybe he would be in the district if, if he did move somewhere here right he would actually be a part of that district but the fact still remains he's only been here for like two years so that's enough of my rants and ramblings we'll get on with the you know my final thoughts here <laughs> um yeah that's just a little bit of my thoughts nashville politics some nashville happenings um <laughs> yeah what's up chat stanislav says thank you my bro from america yeah what's going on russia 07's in the chat for Russia. Z for victory, right? Is that what that means? Z? <laughs> Onward. Onward to victory, Stanislav. Demon Hunter says, Those darn Republicans don't need to spread their evil Christian-based values. 
says some reading liberal probably yeah <laughs> yeah and even the quote-unquote democrats here are pretty much all christian <laughs> oh one final thought one final thought i was going to say just about the we'll pull this map back up this too so all these democrats are crying and complaining about this because they're so scared they're never going to win an election in either of these three districts anymore right because now all of a sudden they are now the minority in all three of these districts right so now they just don't have that pocket that little circle you know that little dot on the map that they can just guarantee is theirs they can just hold oh you're not well, you're not seeing what's on my screen <laughs> you're not seeing it would make sense if i was showing you what what i'm seeing on my screen on your screen too right so they no longer have this dot of power that they can just hold on to right so what they have now is this what they have now is you know they're probably not going to win these districts at least not often right because now they are being split into these three zones however with this what you have is this deep blue, this deep blue Democrat thing where the candidates who want to win power here have to pander to the Democrats, right? And they still have to kind of be Christian. They at least can't be like anti-Christian. But um, what they're going to do is like it, it's cool for them to just be blue. They're just going to win. Whoever wins the Democratic primary wins this dot. I guess this was the proposed, this dot, right? And whoever's red wins these areas. So what you have are out here, you have people who are like really Christian and really conservative. And if you're a Democrat, you have no shot at all of winning this, right? If you're a Republican, you don't win your primary, you have no shot at winning this. And so what you have are like very conservative, very Christian people in these counties. And what you end up with is like very Democrat, very liberal person in this blue county. And that's kind of the way it's been. So it's very like, there's dichotomies, right? It's very stark contrast. You have super red, deep red, and then you have pretty much pretty blue, even though they are still kind of Christian or at least not hostile against Christians. That would kind of be career suicide for them because a lot of the blues in this area are still Christians, even if it's a quote-unquote Christian. But with this new, this point I'm trying to make right now, and we'll, then we'll get on to it, we'll start wrapping this stream up, but now that they have these three zones with these with this blue kind of like shading into these three zones, what I actually think is going to happen, it's going to bite the uh, Democrats, or I'm sorry, the Republicans in the butt, is now you're going to end up with potentially three lukewarmish candidates. You're going to have Republicans that are going to have to really start pandering to the Democrats. Because Democrats actually, even though it's a long shot, they're going to have a shot at winning these districts even still, right? If these candidates are too Christian, if they're too conservative, what you're going to get is a, a Democrat who could come in and win the 5th district anyways, even though it's all Republican. You know, if you have someone that's too red, <laughs> you have someone that's too based, <laughs> too America first, too based, gets it too much, you know, this blue in here could actually kind of sway. Like you could actually have a more centrist blue candidate that could actually steal some red votes and win this district. So what you're going to end up with, my theory, is what you're going to end up with is instead of this, instead of a blue area with like really red all around it, what you're going to end up with is just pretty much like a big purple mess over here. <laughs> Which, no, I don't want to save this. What you're going to end up with is like lukewarm. Oh, what am I doing? 
what you're going to end up with are very centrist, not very, but more centrist Republicans who have to also make sure they're getting at least enough of these blue votes in each of these districts. So it might actually come back to shoot Republicans in the behind where they can't run like actually really based, really conservative, really Christian candidates anymore. They might have to come here and start running more like those Dan Crenshaw people. They might start have to, have to, having to run guys like Robbie Starbuck who aren't really like Christians or public with their faith, right? They might have to run people who are a little more centrist and a little more like, yeah, they have R next to their name and yeah, they call themselves Republican, but they might be a little more libertarian or more centrist, more social Democrat, you know? So I actually think that like all the fun and games of like Republicans thinking they have this giant victory, you know, if they split Nashville up into three different districts, I think these three districts are going to actually turn a little more centrist because they're actually going to have to kind of pander to these little blue areas of Nashville that are now in their district. So when you're out here in these farming areas that are just super pro-Trump, super conservative, super Christian, they might have to like calm that rhetoric down a little bit if the uh, other candidate's a little more centrist too. And there's actually a potential threat that some of these blue population could sway this election and turn this whole county blue. So that's kind of my game theory theory, bigger picture of everything going on. I actually think this might be better. <laughs> the fair map proposal. Where out here you could actually just have based Republicans who get it representing their district. You could have based Christian conservatives out here representing their district. And then you could have these crazy insane blue people. <laughs> you could have the liberals and the wannabe socialists or whatever doing their thing in Davidson County, you know, in Nashville. Representing those people pretty fairly, you know. So I actually think even though people, even though these Republicans are so patting themselves on the back and thinking this is the greatest thing ever that they just split this up into three districts. And then on the flip side, the Democrats are like crying and complaining about how they're never going to win an election again and how it's so horrible. Game theory, bigger picture is it might actually be better for the Democrats now because now they can force three districts in Tennessee, the seventh, the sixth and the fifth. They can now actually use their leverage here being a part of these three districts. They can leverage that and make these three candidates a little more centrist, a little less Christian, a little less conservative. You know, these people might have to start pandering to this Democratic base. Otherwise, they might actually be at risk of losing. You know, that's my theory. That's why I think it's actually might not be the best idea or whatever. Why everyone shouldn't be like jumping to like this is the worst thing ever if you're a democrat or like this is the greatest thing ever if you're a republican because that's kind of my theory long term of what's going to happen we're going to end up with less based less america first type people in here you know more centrist republicans more you know conservative in name only the rhino type republican in name only very lukewarm very progressive christians who yeah they'll say they're christian but they're not very adamant about their faith you know, or they might just not really be Christians at all. Whereas before, you know, with this kind of map, you would have Christian conservatives, Christian conservatives, Christian conservatives. And then you can just like let these blue people do whatever they want. And I'll wrap it up with this last thing and not keep ranting about this. But again, what I think we're going to end up with is three entire districts in Tennessee that are a little more purple and a little less extreme, quote unquote, which if you know me, you know extreme is not necessarily a bad thing, but you're gonna have three less like based, 
Christian conservative candidates and conservative Christian districts if a good portion of their voters are leftists, are radicals, are extremists on the left, are more socialistic-minded, are more atheistic-minded, or just at least less Christian, you know? So that's kind of my final thoughts on that. Um, a map for the ants. <laughs> yeah. What's up, but Coffee Grounds Bear, what's going on, man? Yeah, Coffee Grounds Bear is, uh, used to be Nashville, right? Used to be North Nashville, and now you're, uh, I'm not going to dox you, but you're a little bit outside of the city now. I met and talked to Robbie Starbuck last year. I like what he says. However, something seemed really off about him. He definitely had a California Republican infiltrator vibe to him. <laughs> yeah, go back and, and when, when this stream's done, go back and listen to what I, cause I was talking all about him and ranting about him and rambling about him earlier. Yeah, he just hasn't planted roots yet. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say he's not a Republican. He could be a Republican. He's not a Christian, though. He doesn't at least talk about his faith, which to me leads me to believe he's not a Christian. He's definitely not based, even though he likes to put America first on his signs. He's not based. I couldn't find anything of him supporting Ro the Roe v. Wade decision, you know, overturning, you know, which everyone here that's not in the city of Davidson County is totally celebrating or was celebrating last month. You know, there's just some hot button issues that I think he would be going along the uh, more blue side with, you know, even though he calls himself a Republican. So, yeah, he does give off a more California Republican infiltrator vibe. And my main point, without getting right back into it again, you should just go back and listen to like my first the thir first 30 minutes of the stream, 40 minutes of the stream. He's just not from here and he his roots aren't planted here firmly yet, uh, firmly enough yet for enough time. And he shouldn't be seeking power. He shouldn't be seeking power to represent us if he hasn't been here long enough. And that's coming from a guy from California who also used to be a liberal atheist, or, you know, an atheist liberal Californian who just recently moved here as well. However, the difference between Robbie and I is I know my place and I've made a vow and I've carried through with it and will continue carrying through with it not to even vote in elections because I understand and am considerate enough to know that I don't belong here yet, <laughs> that I haven't planted roots here yet, that I haven't been conservative long enough, I haven't been Christian long enough, I haven't been in Nashville, I haven't been in Tennessee long enough to start coming here and potentially changing elections or swaying elections, right? Being a part of the change in the election, the political process yet let alone running for office <laughs> and not even just like city council or like school board, but like our congressional representative. It's just a bold move, you know, bold move, Cotton, <laughs> moving to Nat moving to Tennessee. And after two years, just trying to be like the congressional representative when he's only been like a conservative, he's only been a Republican, quote unquote Republican. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he is, but quote unquote Republican for six years he's only lived here for two years and he wants to represent <laughs> the republicans of tennessee you know the christian conservatives of tennessee so yeah that's cool that you talked to him met him though and i was even saying i mean I'll, I'll give him i'll give him props and say like if he ran for president i actually probably would vote for him in that you know i could see myself writing him in if the choices were joe biden donald trump and Robbie Starbuck, you know? I actually potentially could. I actually probably would agree with him on more things than I would Trump at this point, or I would with Biden, obviously. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Nashville is not Cuban. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nashville is not Cuban. It's not godless, at least yet, even though they're trying so hard to make it that. And it might be on its way to heading that way. But at least at this point, it's not godless yet. Um, it's not communist yet. Again, they're trying so hard to make it that way. Um, and it is certainly not Cuban. <laughs> certainly not Cuban. Um, so, yeah. Just wanted to end, end with a little rant here, and then we'll call it a night. I was gonna rant a little about rant a little about uh, rant a little bit about boomers, but I can't even speak apparently. And um, how the macro focus of the boomers on like national politics is actually helping the micro issue of local politics go to hell in a handbasket. You know, all these foreigners moving in, all these transplants moving in, and drastically changing the political landscape here, while all these boomers are like yelling at Joe Biden. <laughs> Well, everyone's worried about like national politics and international politics here, you know, they uh, are just letting like the local areas quickly turn purple and potentially blue in like 20 to 50 years, really turning godless and really turning like socialist very quickly while they're in denial about that fact. And uh, while they're focused on like getting Joe Biden out, <laughs> they're like worried about praying for Ukraine. <laughs> while their own communities are going to hell in a handbasket. Um, so I won't rant too long about all that or whatever. But um, <clears throat> words are hard. They're harder if you're Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling my best Joe Biden impersonation out right now. Robbie had some nice things to say about Owen, however. Owen Benjamin, that is. It may be noteworthy how he doesn't have good things to say about Fuentes, who is adamantly Christian nationalist and America first. Yeah. He literally put America first on his sign. So if he's, like, not cool with Fuentes and, like, anti-Groiper and anti-AF, you know, all those folks on Cozy.TV, he shouldn't be putting America first in his sign. And, I mean, I know that it's kind of bold of, like, Fuentes and those guys to, like, co-opt America first and make it their brand. But at this point, it is their brand. When you say, like, I'm an America first candidate at this point in American politics, 2022 and going forward, without a doubt, what you mean is I'm part of Fuentes' gang, you know? I am in support of the same policies and solutions and prescriptions for the problems we face as the Groypers and as Nick Fuentes and as the Cozy.TV gang. That's just what it means now. <laughs> Unless you're a boomer and you're totally out of the loop on what's happening, that's what that means. If you're going to say, I'm an America first candidate, what you mean is you, I don't know how you could be anti-Fuentes and say that at this point, you know. He's pretty much taken that and branded himself as that. And you can cry and complain about that, but that's reality. <laughs> you can say it's unfair or cry about it or hate Fuentes and cry all you want about all that. I have my disagreements with Fuentes and, and all some of those people, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean I, like, hate them. It doesn't mean I love them. I disagree with them. I agree with them on some stuff, on most stuff. I disagree with them on some stuff as well because, of course, <laughs> because that's what dudes do is, like, they debate and they disagree with each other and no one ever really totally agrees on everything. But for the most part, I pretty much support them. I agree with them on most things. 
And whether you like him or not, America first means Nick Fuentes and his gang at this point. So to like go out and put, I'm an America first candidate on my, on my sign. And according to Coffee Grounds Bear, he's not a Fuentes. He does not have good things to say about Fuentes um, and is not a Christian nationalist. At this point, it's uh, pretty ridiculous that he's trying to brand himself as America first, you know. And if he just genuinely is unaware of that, which I doubt he is, if he knows about Owen, and he seems to be pretty plugged in on like the internet and stuff, so he has to know about that. Yeah, I was not aware of Starbucks America First campaign slogan. Good to know. Yeah, it's on his signs. That's what. That's all I know. It's very publicly on display on his little signs that he has around town about writing writing him in. Um. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could turn this into a whole other stream talking about, you know, politics on the national scale and America first and Fuentes and all that stuff going on, you know. But we're just talking about Nashville politics tonight. Nashville. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> but again, yeah, if Robbie Steinberg is not calling himself and is not actually a Christian nationalist, he should not be using America first branding himself as one and if he's totally unaware of Fuentes and unaware of America first at this point being plugged in and running for office in America as a Republican these days then that just doesn't bode well for his like intelligence and his awareness you know and uh shows that he's not connected with like young people and young people in politics uh, especially in the Republican Party and um conservative circles and Christian circles you know which would just probably further prove that he's not <laughs> that he should definitely not be our congressional representative. So I just wanted to end by saying all this. Um, um, skipping a bunch here because I did not realize I was going to be rambling this long about all this stuff. But local politics do matter. Local politics do matter. And we do have to participate. Not if you're from somewhere else. Give it some time. <laughs> <laughs> Give it at least four or five years. I chose eight myself as like almost like a self-imposed punishment, but at least four years, if not five, maybe two whole election cycles. Um, but at that point, after that point, when your roots are planted, when you are paying taxes, when you are owning land and making money and starting businesses and living and sending kids off to like school in your areas, you have to start getting involved at some point. You have to start participating in politics, voting for it, running for office, influencing the change that you want to see in your communities, right? Because when believers sit back and do nothing, unbelievers and secular-minded folks will take power and they will make a mess of our society, which is uh, what's happening, which is the problem. These are most of the problems we're facing right now. It is what's happening and it will continue to happen as believers sit back and do nothing, sit on their hands. However, it is a secondary concern for us, right? As Christians, politics is something that we need to participate in. We do need to focus on it. We do need to be a part of the change we want to see in our local communities. And local elections matter. Local politics matter. However, it is a secondary concern. It is a secondary concern for us Christians. Our primary concern, first and foremost, our primary concern is on salvation and the kingdom awaiting us in eternity. Building the kingdom here on earth and entering into the eternal kingdom that awaits us 
beyond this life. Our primary mission is a great commission to spread the good news of the gospel to others, win souls, and bring those who are lost out of their darkness and into the light of our Lord. Our eyes must become fixated on the eternity awaiting us beyond this life. Our minds must become focused on obeying and serving the Lord our God. Our hearts must be centered on trusting in Him, loving Him, forgiving His children, as He also forgives us. Our souls must return to the place where they belong, in the heavenly kingdom, with our ancestors and the one who made us all. Be here in this world now to bring as many as you can with you into the kingdom that awaits us beyond this world. We must love and serve the Lord with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength, always, forevermore. We have to fixate our own eyes upon the eternity awaiting us as individuals, and then, after that, we must tend to our gardens. So when our own souls have been saved, when our own souls are spiritually reunited with our Creator, we must then get on with the work of tending to our, to our gardens, right? Which would include those within our spheres of influence, right? Those who are under our authority as individuals, those in our homes and in our immediate communities, in our churches. We must cultivate our gardens and lead those relying on us into the right direction first and foremost. The abandonment of these priorities and responsibilities are the primary cause of the breakdown of our society and the crumbling of Western civilization right before our eyes. Families first, right? As much as I love America first in a lot of ways, it's wrong. Because really what it is, is God first. First and foremost, on a spiritual level, first and foremost, God first, right? On the physical level, below that, our next concern is our families. Families first. Our families first and foremost. And then the families next door to us, down the street from us, in our churches, in our school districts, and then outside that into our counties, you know, these spheres of influence will ripple out and these spheres of influence must be our primary concern and our first and foremost important mission fields, our primary mission fields for spreading the gospel and bringing people with us into the right direction. We need to be aware and vigilant of what is happening, happening locally, what we can do to change things for the better here what the problems are we face and what logical and righteous solutions there are, you know, that we can help be a part of implementing. We need to get moral, wise, skilled men of honor and men of nobility into positions of power locally. Need, not want, not should. We need to get moral, wise, skilled men of honor and men of nobility into positions of power locally in the sheriff's office in the fire departments you know the police departments the school boards the city councils even state congress right and then 
all the way up to our national congressional representatives, right? Our fifth district representatives. Only after this, when we have truly invested in changing our families, our neighborhoods, our churches, our counties, and congressional districts for the better, only then, after that, should we be focusing on the secondary concerns like the governors or the presidents, right? Or international politics. <laughs> you know, the rest of our states and the rest of our nation. Those are secondary concerns after we have truly invested in the change we want to see at the local level. In our counties, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our homes, in our families, and in ourselves, right? We have to start with ourselves. We have to start with our families. Make sure to lead them into the righteous direction and do right and be right with, around, and for them. After that, <laughs> when we got that down, because we're that's leading to the crumbling of society is the fact that we're not doing this. We're abandoning these responsibilities. We're not tending to our own gardens. After we've reclaimed what's lost, after we've rebuilt this, and we've made sure that we are tending to our own gardens, our own adhering to our own spheres of influence first and foremost, and it's working and it's healthy and it's thriving, right? After that, we can expand our focus. You know, we can invest more of our time, our energy and our resources onto our neighborhoods and then onto our churches and then onto our counties, right? Those spheres of influence should ripple outwards. That time, that energy, the resources you exert, you spend, should ripple outwards after you've invested them in yourself, your family, your church, your community, then your county, then your state, then your nation, right? The ripples should go outwards from you. You know, be just, yeah. Be a part of the change that leads us back to righteousness, right? Be that drop in the bucket, you know, and you do that by investing in this, what I'm talking about, locally, in yourself, in your families, in your churches, in your communities. Be a part of the change that brings these people in your life, in these spheres of influence in your life, back towards righteousness, leading with you as many souls as possible towards salvation, towards the eternal kingdom, and just do whatever we can to keep Satan and his useful minions away from what's good, what's true, and what's beautiful in our communities, in our homes. And again, after that, we can focus on um, bigger and broader issues, more, more of that macro level issues, you know. So just my thoughts, just my final ramblings, my final thoughts here on politics these days. Um, again, politics matters. It matters a lot, especially locally, and you should participate in it. As a Christian, you shouldn't run and hide from it, but it's a secondary issue. You know, first and foremost is a spiritual reunion with your creator, you know, and then after that, on the physical level, yes, politics matters. Yes, investing in your families, your churches, your communities, your counties, it matters. It matters. Who your sheriff is matters. Who's running your fire departments and your police departments matter. Who's in charge of the school boards? Even if you homeschool your kids, there are still kids in your community going to these schools, right? They still need to be taught things that aren't anti their race, anti their gender, you know, confusing them with their gender and their sexuality at a young age, you know, leading them to godlessness and very 
satanic thoughts and opinions about reality and about their lives and their meaning and their purpose. School boards matter, even if your kids aren't in them. You know, things in your community matter. We need to start participating in it. But as a secondary concern to the spiritual importance of you reuniting with your creator and you getting others around you to reunite with their creator as well. So again, yeah, just the national and international stuff is a waste of time. It's an energy suck and a resource drain on us. Our families, our communities are falling apart. <laughs> if they're even being created in the first place, godlessness is spreading through the screens onto our living room walls and into the pockets of our children. And we have to combat these evils that are planting roots in our own backyards and even in our own homes first and foremost before we can focus on solving the problems in other states or other nations, right? So that'll be it. That's it for me. I'm America first, not a catboy supremacist, says Demon Hunter Bear, yeah. I mean, yeah, I respect Fuentes a lot. I also don't respect him for a lot of things he's done and said, you know? I disagree with him on some stuff. I agree with him on a lot of stuff. You know, and that's just the way things are with everyone. That's the way things are with like me and Owen Benjamin or me and Jesse Lee Peterson or me and Roosh V or me and, you know, just insert someone on the right, quote unquote, these days. And there's going to be agreements. There's going to be disagreements. There's going to be respect. There's going to be things you don't respect, right? That's what dudes do. <laughs> that's what dudes do. That's like how humanity should interact with each other. At the end of the day, are you doing what's good, true, and beautiful? Are you seeking the truth? Are you seeking the love of God? Are you a Christian? That really is it. I mean, are you truly surrendering to our creator? Are you going to your creator every night with a humble, servant-minded heart, with love and compassion for him, with forgiveness for, for his children, and for repentance of yourself, of what you've done before him? Um... Someone like that, I could disagree with you on everything else, you know? <laughs> if I know your heart's in the right place, your heart is on loving and serving the Lord, truly, I could disagree with you on everything. Sports teams, favorite colors, hobbies, activities, interests, politics, you know, your thoughts on war, your thoughts on immigration, your thoughts on this and this and this. Like, as long as your heart is truly loving and serving the Lord and you're seeking what's good, true, and beautiful... We're going to agree on the things that like really matter and everything else we disagree with will be like secondary concerns. Or if we disagree on like strategies or if we disagree on like um, like evangelist tactics or, you know, solutions to problems. You know, if we agree on the problems, but we disagree on the solutions, like we're on the same team here. You know, we're just disagreeing on some stuff. We're uh, not totally eye to eye on some stuff. And that's fine. That's good, actually. <laughs> you know um and my biggest just general complaint about fuentes is that he complains which is ironic right so at the end of the day it's almost like my complaint is almost like kind of a non-existent complaint because it's like all he does is complain <laughs> and then my only complaint about him is that like i'm complaining about him complaining so yeah so it's almost pretty much null and void on that and then there's some other you know the cat boy stuff and some of his friends and associates and some of the stuff he said here and there or whatever. But for the most part, I respect him. I agree with him on most things. And I think he's, in general, a net positive for our society. 
for our culture. He's inspiring young men in a lot of ways. He's also kind of leading young men astray at the same time, but at least he's leading men in a more positive direction than most people out there, you know? <laughs> than most people in society today. In our, in younger generations and just in society today, he's doing more good than most, right? So yeah, I'm not gonna turn this into a Fuentes stream. <laughs> You're an AF stream, right? I respect the concept of waiting until you're a landowner for a time in a specific area to vote, says Demon Hunter Bear. I've been back and forth between VT and New Hampshire since moving to the area in 2017. Permanence is a must. Yeah. But those two are like pretty similar, kind of the same, right? But yeah, the concept is still the same. I mean, I don't know if you should be running for office in Vermont if you've like lived in New Hampshire most of your life. But, like, that's still pretty close. I mean, the people there are pretty much the same, right? I mean, it would be one thing if Robbie Starbuck was coming from, like, Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs> you know? And he moved to Nashville. That would not be that big of a deal. Like, that actually could be pretty, fairly legit, you know? If you're, like, pretty understanding of, like, the culture and the people here, yeah, you might not be specifically in the know of, like, Nashville, specific problems in politics but you pretty much know the people here i still think you probably should wait more than two years to run for office though <laughs> maybe five years or seven years you know um coffee ground says hit me up on the bta or discord yeah will do yeah join my discord man if you haven't my new discord link um i'll send you the invite on the bta doesn't he live in his parents' basement? I think he used to live in his parents' basement for way too long. <laughs> for way too long. That was another complaint. But from what I've heard, I don't I can't confirm it. I don't really watch his streams. Like I, I, I don't watch his streams. Um, I, I'll see clips of him every once in a while on like Gab TV and stuff. And I hear about stuff he says. But I'm pretty sure that he recently moved to Florida on his own. So that's good. Good for him, man. Stepping up, you know. Sean Hines says, based and Sean Pilled. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, Seven's in the chat. Bear Seven's in the chat for all my homies here tonight. What's going on, Sean? Sean Supremacy. Oh, Seven's in the chat. What's going on, brother? But that's going to be it for me today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up my how I do this. I used to just ramble and talk about my life at the beginning of streams. Now what we're doing, when I, at least when I don't have guests and I have these topics... We're gonna talk about it at the end. And since we've already gone over time, I'm gonna rush through this. But here's my life updates, my ramblings, and then we'll uh, call it a night. Yeah, 07s, 07s, y'all. Based and Sean Pill. <laughs> Love that. So yeah, real quick, so we're gonna summarize this. My job's awesome, it's getting serious. I'm on my way to being promoted, to being like a crew leader and supervisor very soon. A lot more job, lot more responsibility, a lot more work, hopefully a lot more money that comes with that, you know. But it's dope. It's awesome. More stress, more money, more problems, but also uh, more rewarding. A, a more rewarding position, right? Uh, better resume. <laughs> more skills, more experience. And hopefully one day I can start my own landscaping company. Chipping away at my debts. So my debts are, again, being chipped away at. Hopefully I will be completely out of all my debts by winter. By this winter. Hopefully as early as possible. 
my backup hard drive on my computer is tweaking. I have an external hard drive and something happened with my last computer update where I lost a bunch of my files, which has hurt. If, you know, if you've had that happen to you, it hurts, especially if you like do a bunch of like basically book reports <laughs> and research and plans for a live stream, you know? If you're like writing a book and you lose like four chapters that you wrote, kind of hurts, you know? <laughs> when you look back and it's like hundreds of hours of work that you just lost because of some computer update that took like 10 minutes and all of a sudden you lost all your backup files and all this hard work you put in, uh, it hurts, you know? But whatever has been lost can be reclaimed. We're not crying about it. We're going to rebuild what's been lost. It just hurts a little bit. It's inconvenient. It's not wanted. Whatever. We'll get on with it. Um, yeah, I lost a bunch of cool, interesting live stream plans that I had. Some stuff I had planned out with, like, clips and pictures. So I just have to go back and, like, redo all of that stuff. Um, or just scrap it. So, yeah, that's fun. Um, throughout this fall, I'm going to take some weeks off. I got a bunch of guests coming up. But also because a bunch of these prepared stream topics I had have been completely wiped and I got to rebuild them. I'm going to take some weeks off and do that. I also want to go through the book of Genesis. So I'm starting to like get ready for to do that here on the stream with you. Maybe like two or three chapters at a time and just spend like 15 weeks just going through Genesis verse by verse, breaking it all down, you know. So I want to start getting ready and prepped for that to make sure we can do that like in the winter or next spring. And then after that, I think we're going to move on to Matthew. So I'm going to do Genesis and I'm going to do Matthew. We're going to go like verse by verse, break it all down. Maybe like two or three chapters at a time on each stream. So I'm going to start prepping and planning for that. I'm also writing a book uh, about my life, about my testimony. So, and again, I just had like four chapters. <laughs> four of the like 10 chapters I think I'm going to have in the book. I've just been totally wiped. So I got to totally like redo almost half my book. So uh, that sucks. <laughs> so I'm going to take some time off from these streams to kind of catch back up on that. Um, and all the other stuff, all the other paying off debt stuff and job promoting stuff, you know. So less streams this fall so that I can be like better prepared with my book coming out next year and better awesome streams in the winter and spring next year. So uh, I'm still going to have some guests. I'm still going to be popping in here on most Monday nights, but I'm going to be taking some weeks off. Also going to be going to the Labor Day uh, Crush Fest in Missouri. For all the bears out there going to Crush Fest in Missouri, catch me there. Hit me up. I probably don't know what you look like, like at the last Crush Fest. But if you see me, if you hear my laugh and you're like, I know that laugh, <laughs> like some people were doing, come up. Hit me up. Just be like, hey, man, what's up? I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm Demon Hunter Bear. I'm blah, 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 Bear. I'm this person. You know me. I've been in your chat. I've been in your Discord. I've talked to you, blah, blah, blah. Come up and talk to me. Introduce yourself to me, right? I'm an extrovert. I usually do that. But, like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> usually people know who I am. So I'm going to be at Crush Fest in Missouri. If you're there, come up to me. Say what's up. Let's make the internet real life together um, over Labor Day weekend. It's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome all around. Um, yeah, and then last thing is I'm joining this new church. It's awesome. It's amazing. I'm making a lot of friends there. Um, I'm becoming an usher there for one of the services every Sunday and an event helper, helping set things up and take things down, um, doing my part to help things function and flow there. 
And then every once in a while, stopping by and helping they have a farm. And I help them, I volunteer there and help them do stuff around the farm. Um, that's dope. So with that, thank you all for tuning in. 07s again. All the homies out there. All the Sean's out there that are based in Sean Pill. You know what's up. You get it. You get it. You know what's up. Thanks for tuning in. Do good, be good, love and be loved, y'all. Seek and produce what is good, true, and beautiful this week. Find and subscribe to me on all the platforms, all the stuff, all the things, all the websites, all the channels, wherever you're watching this and listening to this. Um, leave me comments and reviews wherever you watch and listen to this. It would help me. It would help grow this channel. Comments, comments, comments. Even if it's just like little emojis, hit me up, help me out. All my important best links are on Linktree slash Jonathan Corey. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash S-E-A-N-A-T-H-A-N-C-O-R-Y. Um, I will be back next week, the next two weeks with awesome guests and our guest that was supposed to be here with me tonight. Hopefully he'll be here that third week. Um, if not, sometime in the fall. We're going to work things out. We're going to make sure he gets back on stream. And then I got some other awesome, dope, cool guests that are coming on in the fall. Um, you know, some, some return guests um, that you know you love. I'm not going to spoil the surprise yet. But two awesome, dope return guests. And hopefully some friends of mine in real life. And some awesome, cool Manosphere dudes. Some Christian dudes. Um, Trey Bonds is showing up in, in the in the chat at the last minute. What's going on? He says, let's hang. Yeah, dude, let's hang for sure. He has his own garden growing. He has his own uh, potatoes and, and stuff growing in his own house. Maybe we can uh, work on that Saturday, man. And yeah, and then we'll have to get you on. Trey Bonds, I forget which number, like 73 or 74 or something. Somewhere in the 70s. 70s or 80s. Go back and watch my stream with Trey Bonds. It was dope. It was a fun time. And we'll have to get you back on. Hey, brother. Hey, by the way, speaking of return guests, Trey, what's up? Come back on my stream, bro. Let's make it happen this fall. So, yeah. <laughs> so, stay tuned. I'll be back next week with a guest. It's going to be dope. I love you all. I love all of you. Every single one of you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a good week. <laughs>